4: Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus.
3: I'm in a period of emotional people.
4: Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going?
3: I'm
0: going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia.
4: Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox.
0: Life can hurt, but life is sweet.
4: Little way pretty PG-13 may be inappropriate for children under 13 now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus
2: before there was IMDB.com there was Zach and Dustin congrats you found $2 late fee the best 80s movies podcast in the world we revisit our favorite 80s movies
3: sometimes 90s
1: and soundtracks from our youth and then we interview our favorite people who help make them all in the spirit of nostalgic positivity
2: thanks for listening
1: Have a very special episode today. Normally, we when we have a guest on the show, we cover one movie from their career to focus on. Uh, but we're not doing that today. Uh, our upcoming guest will be Jill Scholan, and today we're going to be doing a top three Jill Scholin movies. Uh, and joining us is Chris Mayek, our buddy. Who uh, joined us about a year ago on our horror episode, yeah. our obscure horror films? Chris, back from the
5: Crusades. <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Chris, it's so great to have you back on our show, man.
5: Yeah, it's fun to make another appearance.
1: As people may or may not know, you are the, uh, you're our illegitimate son, our legitimate son from uh, another mother, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Dustin's child, my child. I think we're old enough to be your dad, but you know. Mm -hmm. We just don't act that way for sure yeah (laughs) chris since we last left you we kind of talked offline as far as figuring out try to have you back on the show topic wise and jill sholin came up pretty quickly and so chris you're the reason why uh this this is all happening you initiated it we reached out and got jill on the show for a fascinating interview but today we're going to be talking about our favorite Jill Sholin movies from her career.
2: Mm-hmm. Chris, you seem unimpressed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm wired on coffee right now. So Zach's I like, So We
2: did this because of you. And Chris is like, mm-hmm. No, we <laughs> did, yep. man. Yep. No, what I'm saying, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's like, uh, I'm like, Chris is not impressed.
5: No, I just, <laughs> I'm always been that kind of person. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, no, I know. I, I'm just, I'm just uh, yanking your crank or whatever they, whatever they call it.
1: Hold on, I'm pulling up the name really quick of the song uh, from one of the movies that can't we're talk about. Back, nee, nee, can't nee, look nee, back. Nee, nee,
3: nee, nee. yep can't look
2: back. Yep, can't look back. So Chris, are you still uh, out there in Minnesota? How are things going?
5: Yeah, it's it's nice. It's a lot nicer now because it's, you know, summer temperatures. So it's like 70s and 80s every day.
2: 70s and 80s every day and hey let's let's let me do a quick uh i'm gonna be bad at the math but the last time you were on and i don't remember when we recorded with you but i think you had just completed 250 uh of your own uh interviews obviously you are a a big presence on youtube you interview a lot of voice actors but also 80s folks like we do and yep. we encourage everybody to go to go, go check out Chris's stuff on YouTube. But how many, where, where are you at in the, in the interview number, numbers wise?
5: Yeah. Uh, I'm at 297
2: now. 297. So yeah. So you pretty much, you just crank them out. You don't have like a, is there a set schedule or you're just like, I just go, go, go.
5: No. Yeah. It's yeah. just, <laughs> just all dependent on the other person. So it just happens whenever I don't like have anything planned in advance or yeah i just i just drop stuff whenever it happens
2: <laughs> I, love, I mean that's a, that's an effective way to do it so so really if you ha- you could have some weeks where you're doing three to four interviews that you're that you're dropping uh and other times you're just have like one and yeah is there is there ever a week where you don't have anything
5: dropping yeah yeah that's happened okay. a lot but um we won't talk about that
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing oh god no uh that, no dude that's amazing congratulations um you just keep keep cranking them out and they're and they're great you know and i um uh i know over on instagram you kind of like will post some little samples in your stories and i'm always like who's that like what's going on Uh, and then i want to watch them and then i um and then i do your roger rose interview was uh was awesome
5: yeah you guys would have a lot of fun talking to him too oh yeah yeah he's
2: yeah I mean, you know, it's, it's the, our whole thing is like, we start to realize these, this, this web of connections between all of the guests and all of the things. And, you know, it's like, um, I forget what that phenomenon is where like something becomes, uh, present in your awareness and then you kind of see it everywhere or whatever. You're like, wait a minute, whatever.
3: Is it the Um, Mandela
2: effect? Um, no, that's when you, when you think you've remembered something a certain way and it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, like we think like Ed McMahon was the publisher's clearinghouse guy who delivered the checks. That's not true. It's not? No, we just remember it that way.
1: Wait, who, who was it then?
2: <laughs> Are you
1: serious? Are you being serious right now?
2: <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. I don't remember all the specific uh, uh, details. But, Wasn't uh, he
1: on the thing? On the envelope?
2: Uh, he was. Um but, uh, <laughs> dang it. Dang it. I've, I've taken us down this, uh, sorry, you started it. I guess. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I up no, 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 no. Uh, let's just, let's just, let's just get into it real quick. Uh, he was, uh, a spokesperson is the claim and that is false. There's no evidence that he ever worked for publishers clearing house. He was a spokesperson for American family publishers and, uh, in old television commercials for American Family Publishers, the word publishers wow. appeared much smaller than American Family, perhaps because the company did so many American households, they confused the two brands. So then they believe that Ed McMahon worked for uh, the, the, but, but it's, it's, you know, Americans believe that he was a spokesperson for their sweepstakes.
1: Chris, are you familiar with the Mandela effect or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I know
5: what that means.
1: So do you know who, uh, you probably know who Ed McMahon is, right?
2: Yeah. You probably had him you probably interviewed him before he died. <laughs> somehow you somehow got in on that one. <laughs> no, but but
1: everybody I yeah, I I equally encourage everyone to go to Chris's page, check out his content because on YouTube we'll have a links are in our show notes, blah blah blah. Um Chris, you are pretty phenomenal in what you're able to accomplish on your channel.
5: Oh, thank you.
1: One of these days and I mean that sincerely, one of these days uh we hope to meet you in person. Yeah whether that be a comic-con here in Los Angeles or uh, maybe Dustin and I will fly out somewhere Midwest East next year, perhaps, Um, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then when we do, I have a feeling it's going to be like Hulk Hogan and macho man shaking hands for the first time. It's just going to be a giant explosion. And, uh, (laughs) you know, really quick before we, before we jump into anything Wait, real
2: quick, what does that mean? A giant explosion.
1: Don't you know about the mega powers when they shook hands for the first time? No. Oh, wow. Chris, you're probably not familiar with this. Are you a wrestling fan, Chris? No.
2: (laughs) Good work. Good. Bless you. Hey, how
1: dare both of you? How did... Well, then you probably don't listen to Territory Marks with me and Paul London, but um, cheap plug. But mega powers, Hulk Hogan, in back in like 1987 or 88, Hulk Hogan... Uh, Our friend Diallo could could go off more on this. But great.
2: We'll uh, have him. Well, hang on. Let me just have him on the show. Okay, fine. (laughs) All
1: I know is we don't have Diallo. I want to hear you explain it. Okay, so 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 Hulk Hogan uh, came to the rescue of Macho Man, uh, thanks to Macho Man's valet slash wife, Miss Elizabeth. And they formed a tag team together. And when they shook hands, Macho Man was kind of an in-between heel face. He was a tweener. And Hulk Hogan, of course, was a clear baby face. And the two of them shook hands and it was almost like, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? There was all this tension. And when it did finally happen, the crowd exploded and it was like a giant pop.
2: The crowd exploded. Was there visual explosion effects? There was
1: not, but there should have been. There could have been. Okay. Maybe it's like the, Man-
2: the Mandela effect. Like you remember it. like Yes. There was an explosion. Because
1: it was not as dramatic as I'm describing it, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Um... Well, Chris, you're a good sport for listening to that story. Great work. Um, And uh, (laughs) no, that that it would be like that. I would agree. It would be like that.
1: It would be. But we're talking about Jill Sholin today. And Chris, what is your familiarity with Jill Sholin? Like, where does it date back to?
5: Uh, Like a lot of people, I probably first became familiar with her with stepfather. Um, And then once I just got old enough to like once I had my own phone and became aware of more media and just stuff that I from that decade um, that I was like specifically a fan of. I just looked back on her credit list and started going through anything that I thought I would personally be interested in.
1: Would you consider her a scream queen?
5: I, I mean, I guess. I mean, she's but she's had enough credits in like non horror movies that I guess it counterbalances out. Yeah, she would
2: appreciate that answer for sure. Yep. Um uh, because interestingly, she does not refer to herself as a scream queen. And, uh, and her non-Scream Queen work is what she really, you know, loves more. It's, it's interesting because she, she's only been in 33 separate projects, but at the same time, they're all, it seems much more extensive to me.
1: Yeah, agreed, agreed. Like
2: going through her filmography, I'm like, man, she's just done so much stuff. I'm like, it's only 33 things? Huh. Well, in our interview, she
1: explains why she didn't do more and and what happened with all of that. But Her run of films, one after the other, it it may not be the film that stands out, but it's her performance, I think, overall in every movie that she does always uh, is impactful, in my opinion. Um, You know, today, the three of us are going to bring to the table our favorite film of Jill Sholin, our favorite performance. It might surprise you guys. Well, it won't because the pictures of the movies are actually already in the image for this episode. But we'll obviously explain our justification for choosing this movie as our favorite Jill Sholin movie. But Dustin, what what's your familiarity with Jill Sholin? Like, where do, does that date back to Stepfather as well?
2: Uh, my familiarity with Jill Sholin started with DC Cab. Um, mm. I was a big fan of that movie. However, I will say that, you know, watching that movie again fairly recently, I was like, whoa, <laughs> offensive, <laughs> really really, really crazy. But, uh, you know, I loved, I loved those movies that were kind of like sort of, uh, like, like wild bunchy, uh, not like the wild bunch, but like, I mean, like just like, it's like, like a pack of rowdy eighties, you know, humor and, and madness. And Jill Sholin has this quick little, um, Oh, is that the, uh, is that a Blu-ray? That's the Blu-ray of DC
1: cab. We, yeah. Thanks to Kino.
2: The, the, the Kino just gave you that?
1: No, no, I bought it, but oh, Kino put it out. Well, they put okay. out a special edition.
2: Okay, uh, Is that when did that come out?
1: That came out, uh, I believe, last year or the year before.
2: Okay, so fairly recently. Are there any yeah. special features on it?
1: Audio commentary and some radio spots. It doesn't seem like you've opened it.
2: Uh, it doesn't seem like you've watched it.
1: No, I haven't. I haven't opened this one yet.
2: Okay. well, I want to I want to know what's what what that audio commentary is and who gives it. But anyway, Jill, you know, Jill has like a little cameo as uh, the waitress, uh, the love interest of Adam Baldwin's character, um, uh, Albert. Uh, You know, she's like a little a little ray of sunshine. Not much to do. You know, it's a real it's a real quick thing. But it was actually her first movie and it was my first movie seeing her in it your first experience your first experience with jill
1: mine is uh actually that was then this is now that was i saw that before Mm -hmm. stepfather and uh i'll leave my comments about that was then this is now overall for the jill sholin interview because um i have a lot to say about it to jill and her performance in that movie but that film impacted me in many many ways um stepfather's funny because I had a stepdad at the time. Uh, the movie Firstborn came out uh, as well when my mom was married to someone else.
5: One of my favorite like movies, movies is First Born. Yeah.
1: Oh, then we're gonna we'll have you back on to talk about First Born down the road because that movie <laughs> is gold. We didn't I know love. that. Amazing. Well, we know it now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Step. Definitely. Stepfather was uh, left an indelible mark in 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 other ways than <laughs> that was. Then this is now. But maybe Stepfather doesn't wind up on our favorite uh Jill Sholin film list. But we're gonna go in order of the movies that uh, that were released. Oh and so Chris is gonna start us off. Chris, what is your favorite all-time Jill Sholin movie?
5: Uh Thunder Alley. If the dream is music, then the place is
4: Thunder Alley.
3: Rock no, and no! roll. Oh. I hear you play guitar.
0: You're the best damn guitar player in town. We should be up there. This isn't a country western band. Eat
3: rock and roll, you know it. You are gonna sit in with us.
4: You got the talent to go places. And I can help you get there.
0: You're good. <laughs> really.
4: You play the music, and I do the talk. No keys
0: for the heart of the song. I'm the singer. You're as good as he is. You proved it. You're hot now. They come to see you. They don't come to see us. Donnie, that's not true.
4: I own your act. And if I don't start getting 100%, I'll tear this sucker up and you can go back to playing high school proms for all I care. You're late, Donnie. That's why. It wouldn't
3: be a bad if it wasn't for me. No! Stupid
2: You up? When did you hear that? I ain't doing you any
3: favors. What's important to you?
4: make your dreams come true from
1: 1985 nah, 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 nah. hmm. Fun fact not available on DVD or Blu-ray but you can find copies on the internet you can <clears throat>
2: find pirated copies at piratedcopy.com um when did you first see thunder alley
5: chris probably would have I would have been a junior in high school
1: did you find it? On, how did you find it?
2: So last year, Chris?
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: uh, guns blazing. <laughs> right. wow,
5: thing's on
1: fire.
2: On fire. I didn't even have any coffee or anything.
5: Uh, for a long time now. Um, I think, I don't know how long it's been up, but I think it's been quite a while that somebody just has the full movie uploaded to YouTube.
1: Yep. In fact, uh, th- that the movie is in our show notes as well. Uh, I encourage everyone to go check it out. Um, can you give us a brief synopsis of Thunder Alley, in your opinion?
5: It's set down south. It's like about a attractive um, young farm farm life guy that like wants to be a rock star in the local scene, and then he just ends up involved in that and trying to get ahead in that. And then Jill is, I think, like the primary love interest in the movie. Um, and there's the songs in it are actually pretty decent too. They sure are. I agree wholeheartedly.
2: Yeah, uh, Zach, you want to jump in on some some Thunder Alley thoughts? Well, well,
1: Roger Wilson is the star of the movie, and uh, I believe he sings all his songs that that are featured in it. and And um, Leif Garrett is in it as well. well. We'll save that for the Jill interview to see whether or not I thought he was still alive. He's um, yeah. <laughs>
2: Zach gave a beautiful rest in peace to Leif Garrett. It's very awkward. Um, but <laughs> anyway, all that aside, Leif Garrett is fantastic in this movie, both from an acting perspective. Obviously, he has a great voice. Um, Thunder Alley, I I enjoy it a lot. I think that, um, not that anyone asked me, but I enjoy it a lot. And I think that, um, uh, you know, my biggest qualm with it, I think if I had one, would be um, that roger uh wilson's character uh richie yeah uh is is kind of a sad sack whiny boy um and i and i have a hard time relating to him and wanting him to win and succeed um because he's not very nice to jill's character beth he's kind of in his own head you know as we as we all are but it's like um you know, he's the guy who's like always the grass seems to always be greener and he has these opportunities and he's always like, I don't want to go play. And you're like, oh, get just just get up, Richie. Come on. like And and it's one of those things where it's like um, it's just well known that he's the best guitarist in town. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody knows it. Like, you're the best, man. Why aren't you with the band? It's like, because I don't get along with Leif Garrett, you know, and you're like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, and I understand that.
1: Well, he's also got his parents, he's got this connection. Well, his mom is super supportive of him, but his dad is not. That dynamic going on about his career. But but here's the thing, and and this is not to defend the story. This is more to just kind of more matter of fact. This is a canon movie, right? And I think, I feel like Canon is notorious with not always executing their films as best as they could. Like they just put them out, uh, strings attached. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the phrase are still there. Yep. So when the movie comes out, they go, well, yeah, it was good, but I would have trimmed this or fixed that. And, and Canon's like, well, just put it out anyway. It's going to be great. It's going to make a million yep. dollars, you know? And uh, and I think and Thunder Alley is one of those movies that like maybe tweaking certain characters, adding a little bit more depth. Um, you know, the, the character of uh, what is it? Donnie? Donnie, man. Scott McGinnis, who I think people will recognize from secret admirer.
5: And whack If you're that like into obscure stuff too.
1: There you go. Look at you. Yeah. With the, Chris always with the deep cuts. <laughs> Uh, Dustin, you like Donnie though. Donnie was one of your
2: favorite characters in the movie, right? I had two favorite characters. One of them was, uh, was Donnie. Um, because he had, you know, he has some life to him. You know what I mean? He's got some passion. He's like, yes, you know, he goes down the wrong path. And, uh, and we won't, I, I, I think we should establish right now. We won't necessarily spoil these movies yeah, because fair. we encourage everybody to go and watch them. But, you know, um, Donnie likes a little of the drugs, you know what I'm saying, kids? And, um, <laughs> and he has a spiral but uh but i also love clancy brown as the character of weasel Same. um you know he's he's a character that gives us a little bit of foundation in uh in the story right he gives us a little bit of stakes you're not sure is this guy good or bad or what's his what are his motives we we never really you know they they kind of keep us guessing sometimes with him the boys uh, the band is um you know, it's, it's a band looking for their shot and they get a shot to go on tour. And the, you know, the fat man is the one who holds the keys to the castle and, uh, weasel works for the fat man. And you're like, what's going on? It's like, there's always a lot of like, uh, you know, we got to stay on schedule. He keeps them, keeps them rolling. he keeps them moving. But, uh, but another character with a lot of passion, you know, is if, if Richie's like, I don't know, like if you're the, I, I'm sorry, Richie. Uh, Roger Wilson, but if you're the best guitar player in the world and you just mope around, like it's just it's just really un- it's just not fun, you know.
1: He's really egocentric too, overall. Wouldn't you say? Like super into himself, like like self consumed. Like he's not thinking about Donnie per se. He's not thinking about his girlfriend, played by Jill Shullin.
2: Um Right, but I also think that I think that it's written in a way where I mean, because what you're saying is correct. That's how it, how it is, but I think that's not how it's meant to come off. No, I agree. Yeah, I think they wanted it to be like, you know, his family and people and everything else matters to him more at the end of the day than the music. But like just talk about a a, a terrible communicator. I mean, all, you know, it's just so many you could have a 5-minute conversation that you could solve half of your problems in this movie.
1: He, he communicates through his music,
2: man. Yep. <laughs> right? but it's it's maddening i mean you're you're in a band it's like when you know like when you don't know if a person's showing up it's really it's really you know to a gig don't spoil the ending <laughs> uh, th- this is not even this is just like a, a recurring theme you know no, where it's you're almost right. like yeah i mean d- don't you think
1: heart to heart is the only way to communicate heart to heart you <laughs> were
2: Chris, what are your thoughts about that? Like you go into a redneck bar. It's your first time kind of on tour. You're in a, you're in a, a potentially, you know, hostile environment as far as these guys want country music. Um, there's a little bit of internal fighting with the band. We don't know, you know, Leaf Garrett, Leaf Garrett has a lot of ego for sure. He sure you does. Know, don't step on my lines, man. But um, he's got
1: great dance moves too, by the way.
2: But if you're in a bar in your hometown bar and this band shows up and they just kind of kick off with heart to heart. What are your thoughts, Chris?
5: Well, for me, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with it.
1: (laughs) Same. Chris and I are on the same wavelength. You guys
5: think though, like, like leading
2: with, with a song like that, like, like, you know, the bar is a little sleepy.
5: Yeah. I wouldn't open with it, but like, Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good song.
2: It sure
1: is. I love that song.
5: For that kind of movie too, yeah. Right. I,
2: I think I think it's hard to for me to believe that this is the song that's gonna cut through to this particular audience and turn them into a skeptical uh ready to boo, ready to throw beer bottles. And um suddenly we're like, Oh yeah.
1: Would you say you can't know? look back is a stronger song to open with? No, I mean can't
2: can't can't look back is the song that's you know it's it's that's gotta be part of their encore always yeah you know that's that's the one that you got to keep people in their seats they're waiting for it if you start with true. that then people are going to leave Nah, that's true they played can't look back i'm out of here can't look So no, I I just but I think you gotta something with a with a little bit of a up tempo. Like hey, uh, what's the name of the band by the way? I'm I'm space magic, out. magic, magic, magic with an exclamation point, or just magic, just magic. <laughs> Isn't there a band called Magic with an exclamation point? Is there like a real one? Yeah, know. there's a there's a band that's like. Um, uh it's it's that got that really annoying song i think this is what i'm thinking of um i'm gonna marry her anyway oh yeah 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 right i think that's magic with an exclamation point why you gotta be so mean oh yeah they're like a rasta band yeah sort of i mean they're yeah yeah The, the, (laughs) the whitest the whitest guys ever
1: yeah i'm not feeling that
2: anyway i think that might be magic exclamation point but I'm not going to confirm. <laughs> but this, by the way, th-
1: this Thunder Alley is based on a real place in Tucson, Arizona. Um, real club back in the day. And do not get this confused with a, like a 1950s movie called Thunder Alley. Because I don't think the two of them have any connection whatsoever.
2: Um, Sorry. Are you looking I, up magic uh, re- right now? Yeah, I just had to confirm. Because what if I, you know, just a little fact check. But yeah, it's magic, all caps, magic, all caps. Isn't it why you got to be so cruel?
1: Why
0: it's why you got to be
2: so rude. rude. Rude is the name of the song.
1: Don't
0: you know I'm human too?
2: <laughs> oh, God. Well, we're not talking about We're talking about Thunder Alley. They should have started with that song, though. That would have been a better song to start to lead with than Heart to Heart. But What do so, you guys think
1: so, of that? Chris, what is it about Jill's performance in Thunder Alley that you like so much?
5: As uh, Beth. Yeah, um, I think, well, I think it just, it adds to the whole movie overall, and I, I just think that she stands out more, and especially in, like, a southern setting, because yes. you wouldn't really expect to see her there. I remember when I when I met her at Crypticon up here, like, in 2017, she said that she still owned, um, like, a 35 millimeter print copy of the movie.
2: Really? Oh, wow.
1: That was her payment? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been wow well uh, she offers uh a, a little tidbit of trivia in our interview about one particular scene uh the love scene between her and uh Roger Wilson who play uh who's who his character's Richie, obviously um yeah no i agree with you the the moment they meet each other in the club for the first time it 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 really feels authentic uh, to be an awkward because Richie is what, what age are we to assume Richie is Dustin?
2: I don't know. I feel like we may have spoken about this too. And I don't, uh, I I feel like. Well,
5: he's Roger is 64 now. So. Okay. Right. But Richie's
2: character, like Richie's character is out of high school. He seems like he just graduated high school and then went right to work on the farm.
1: Okay, so we're saying maybe he's not 21 yet. Is that what we're saying?
2: I think he's 21. I think because, he's 20. I okay, he's 20. so
1: let's say he's 21, right? And and maybe he's never uh, had a major crush on a girl or a relationship or something because he feels very awkward when he meets Beth for the first time. But that kind of feels authentic to me. It's like... What do we say to each other? How do we say it to each other? But Beth really works hard with Richie. I think she works really hard and there is a, I I won't give it away, but there is a serious plot point that revolves around Beth, something that happens to her with her family life where I'm like, why is this kid not doing anything for this girl that he loves this woman that he loves? Uh, I get that he's timid about things, but I guess it fuels more of that side of like, maybe Richie's kind of a jerk. (laughs)
2: You know well, what I'm talking about? I think it's hard. I mean, it's hard for us to talk about it without naming it. Uh, but I think but I think you know, we're t- there's a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a domestic uh disturbance at home. Yeah, that and, does not
1: get resolved by
5: the way.
2: Right. Um, but you know, I think most movies would have that scene um of, you know, Richie confronting dad or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a tricky situation. I mean, how do these things work in real life? You know, like you could drop a dime on them, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, do you feel like that's one of those things like left unsaid that feels unresolved? It does. That that's one of the things
1: that I'm like, man, I wish we would have buttoned that up at the end.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Cause why even, why even have that be a thing? It doesn't, if it doesn't inform the story in that way. I mean, if anything if anything, right Beth, it just makes her even more trusting. You feel worse for her cuz she's just like the best partner at all times. She really is. Putting up a lot. Putting up she's a
1: such, lot. She's she's a, a faithful uh yeah. partner to Richie whether Richie is or not. Faithfully. Yeah. Um so so the guitarist, so the guitarist uh who played the parts in the film, his name's Scott Shelley. He's uh known prominent for the fact that he taught Randy Rhodes how to play guitar. Randy Rhodes of course played with Ozzy Osbourne in the 80s. uh signature guitar licks from S- Crazy Train. He was a a huge part of Ozzy's best songs. <laughs> I love Randy Rhodes. He's one of my favorite guitarists of all time. So it was cool when Richie is playing guitar. There's a couple scenes where he's simply just playing guitar. And it's a really beautiful melody. Chris, did you like the songs overall? Not just Heart to Heart and, uh, and and then what was it? Can't Look Back. But did you like mm-hmm. all the songs in it?
5: Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, it's, it's a 22. Cause I don't, I'm sure you guys didn't know this. Cause uh, the song that, like toward the middle or later part of the movie that uh leif garrett's band is rehearsing uh, just another pretty boy by eric martin who eric martin went on to be the lead singer of the glam rock band mr big that had that big huge song uh to be with you in 1990 yeah. um eric had a solo album on a major label in 1983 so I, like the first time i saw the movie i was like like why is this song here
2: amazing
1: very interesting because my pick when we get to it a little bit later has a kind of a similar story with a song connection to somebody else okay i heard that version i'm like wait that's not the that's not the version i ever heard but wow that's Um, crazy eric martin of course uh had a great song in iron eagle which did not wind up on the soundtrack
5: Oh yeah.
2: Eyes of the World. And uh we should mention that Chris interviewed Eric Martin. It's one of the interviews you can go check out on his YouTube page. He's mm-hmm. being very modest and not promoting it, but we will promote <laughs> it. Um and Mr. Big. I'm the one who wants to What do you think of that song? Be with you.
5: I like it. I don't think it's, it's I mean it's a, it's a little corny now, but like it's not too bad.
1: You feel it too. That's a cover as well, actually.
2: It is, but I think that's what put them on the Top forty map in whatever year that was nineteen ninety. Yeah, thank you, nineteen
1: ninety. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Eric Martin is is. I love Eric Martin. Did you guys talk about Eyes of the World on in your interview?
5: No, I don't. Or yeah. maybe we did. Yeah,
1: the song from Iron Eagle.
5: Yeah, I think I know we covered like pretty much literally everything that he did. So <laughs>
1: that's great. That's <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. Um, let's go back to Leaf Garrett for a second. He's got some pretty remarkable dance moves or unique would you would, do you like his dance moves in this
2: no. or not <laughs> how about you dustin i'm into him i'm into him yeah I'm in, i mean i i uh you know leaf garrett is one of those characters that typically would be presented as like this guy has uh, you know he's one dimensional um but you know he's a triple threat he can sing and he can dance and he can, he can have he can have a change of heart, and that is what makes him amazing. So yeah. Do you appreciate his arc though
1: overall? Do you, but do you feel like that could have been fleshed out too?
5: I, I'm cool with it, Chris. I, well, I, I like him more as a musical artist in general. But um, yeah, I mean, I haven't really been like super impressed in anything I've seen him in. But I haven't really seen him <laughs> in that much stuff. <laughs> It's nice to know that uh, like it
1: was a surprise when I I hadn't actually seen this movie ever until we watched it for this. And I'm watching it going, oh, my God, I I love this movie. Yeah, it's got flaws. I totally agree with what Dustin's saying. Like there's things about it that don't track. But, man, it it is definitely a movie that I will
2: rewatch. So you're saying that you owned this and you didn't watch it? No, I bought this. I bought the. I I found it afterwards. I found. Oh, it. this is a new purchase.
1: Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> because the quality on this disc is actually really. It's better than what's on available on YouTube.
2: Yeah, I would <laughs> that think. is that is the most Zach thing ever.
1: And then Jill Sholin, Jill Scholten talks about these discs that this this disc I'm holding up. Uh, because well, she has she has a large collection of them as well. So. <laughs>
2: uh worth noting too can't look back uh co-written by jeff porcaro from toto uh i think that's yes. why it's uh good uh really good and um <laughs> can't look back that's all i'm gonna say it's got like a it's got like a late
1: 70s fusion vibe to it with like it, it reminds me of that era of santana when he was doing uh when he got a little bit more poppy uh, in the late 70s early 80s and it it's it's a great like you're you can tell that the talent the musicians behind these songs are super talented and so I appreciate how much thought they put into the music in this movie and the story I think the story it, it's a simple story but but it's effective um and at the end of the day the characters that you love, Still stand out. Beth is, man, I, I, Beth deserved, well, we'll leave it at that.
2: A high five.
1: She <laughs> did. Well, she gets a high five from us when we talk to her in the interview. Alright, so Dustin, are you ready to reveal your favorite Jill Sholen movie?
2: Hang on one minute. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> pass. I go pass. I'm not ready to pass.
1: Well it, well before you before you say anything, this is tricky because my pick and Dustin's pick came out the same year. But release date wise, I believe his film came out first.
2: Well, we can't just go, I believe we need to have facts here because otherwise there's no integrity to the show. And if there's no integrity, then why are we doing it? Right, Chris? If that's, if that's what I say. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay, fine. I'll pull up
1: the the exact release date. Yeah. Uh, Dustin's movie came out in February of 1991. Okay. My choice came out in May of 1991.
2: Okay. Thank you for that verification. Very welcome. Just, we just can't be the, I believe, you know, uh, I believe I can fly. Um, I believe
0: in a thing called to, love.
2: To Jill <laughs> Um All right. Well, guys, uh, I know that you both feel strongly about this movie, and it is Popcorn from February 1991. Before the horror of Halloween.
4: Before the fear of Friday the 13th. Before the evil of a nightmare on Elm Street, before them all, there was, now, 15 years later, he's back, oh yes,
0: there's something happening here, that I've been looking for all of my life, there's smoke, someone takes her hand, she's
3: running, the same man comes towards her.
2: In a box. Just learned it came out in February. Uh, the, uh, you know, people like in in 1991 were like, what can we do on Valentine's Day weekend? And many of them went to see Popcorn, um, a film that is a horror film. It is, um, it is about a high school girl named Maggie, played by the aforementioned Jill Sholin, of course. And Maggie loves uh, film. You know, she's an aspiring filmmaker. And she is um, in like a little film club. And uh, the film club uh, decides, like, let's put on this this horror. It's like a horror marathon um, where we're going to show our favorite movies at this old abandoned theater. Where you know maybe some murders happen there or whatever we're not sure, and chaos and comedy uh, join forces in this in this wonderful movie. Maggie, a uh, couple of couple of plot plot points to uh, set the stage here. Maggie is having dreams um, where she is called Sarah, um, which is not her name. She's a little confused. There is a character called the Possessor that is making appearances um, calling her, you know, calling her Sarah, uh, dreams of a fire dreams of, um, you know, just very, very disturbing dreams. And then, uh, they put on this marathon, and, and then, uh, a, uh, a multi-faced wearing killer just starts picking them off one by one, but who is it? What is going on? And I'm not going to tell you, do you guys like popcorn
5: Chris from what I remember? Yeah. I haven't seen it since I was again in high school, probably. Well, come on, Chris. Well,
2: Thank you for preparing, Chris. It means a lot. <laughs> and um,
5: I can remember enough of it, though.
2: Yeah, you've got like a, a photographic type memory, I feel yeah. like. Or if you don't, you pretend that you do.
5: No, I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it shot in like Jamaica or something, too? It was. Yeah. Shot
2: in Jamaica for you, Jamaica fans. What can we say about this cast? It's a great cast. D. Wallace is in it. Uh, D. Wallace, of course, uh, one of Chris's wonderful in- interviews over on his uh,
5: YouTube page. I assume you talked about this movie with D. Wallace. No, I don't think so. What? Because <gasps> well, I didn't want to talk about the same shit that she talked about all the time. So, so I'll look at you dropping right.
2: truth bombs. Well, that's good. So no mention of ET.
5: No, not really.
2: Right. No, that's good. That's how you do it. That's that's a sign of a good interviewer. Agree. Um, you want to <laughs> dazzle them. <laughs> I feel like I watched your D Wallace interview and I feel like you lead off with some random like made for TV movie that she did for 20 minutes. And she's like, ah, like she's so yeah. shocked. She doesn't even know what to say. Cause you mentioned something that she has not thought about for like 50 years.
5: Yeah. She didn't remember the movie at all.
2: <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> so well done. Obviously, you know, we, we try and, um, lean, lean that way as well. Not that we're trying to, but just like, you know, the things that you're, really interested in it's like mm-hmm. everybody knows et is a great movie and you know D. Wallace is is elliot's mom everybody listening at home um but D. Wallace plays um maggie slash sarah's mom we'll leave it at that um you know you know she's fantastic obviously you've got uh you've got uh tom Villard, um who we know from one crazy summer as one of the stork brothers he was in my girl um rest in peace yeah, I was like I was waiting. I'm like, Zach's gonna have to say rest in peace. So I'll just pause for rest in peace. Sorry. Okay. Man. No, no. Did he have a good run? No. No. No, he didn't. No. Um right. Chris, uh, this might bear some explanation, but um so Zach likes to say, usually when he's talking about somebody that's died, he's like, they they had a good run. But I was like, we need to put parameters on what that means, like, you know, what what defines a good run. And for him, it's uh, 78 years, I believe, is what we established. If you live to 78 years old, you've had a good run. That's
1: true. Yeah. It doesn't,
2: I mean, it feels like it shouldn't just be about age, you know, because people can accomplish things, but a good run, you know, just from time, I, I get it.
1: Age wise, I say good run, yeah. but career wise, I mean, he's got, he's memorable and he's got uh, roles that'll stand the test of time. So this, this is one of them. I believe this is probably his strongest role he's ever had. My favorite role of Tom Ballard's, that's for sure.
2: he has a lot to to play with. He's here. so
1: great in this
2: uh he he is fantastic he is he is yeah he's fantastic. Um, we can certainly go back to talking about him but I just I'll just quickly fire off a couple of yeah, the yeah. other notables. we've got Ray Walston um, as kind of this kooky purveyor of the theater. Uh, he's of course Mr. Hand he was in Popeye. Uh, rad Um, amazing amazing career and kelly joe minter uh who comes up for us a lot she was denise in summer school uh she's also nightmare on elm street five tony roberts is the teacher wild Annie hall um and uh and the director uh of this mark harrier um he's most well known for acting in all the porkies and all the porkies movies What's the connection
1: with Porky's then in the previous director?
2: In the, what do you mean, the previous director? So
1: the original director of this film.
2: Oh, uh, right. Right. Okay. Because this is like a, this is like a weird thing um, where, uh, and Jill does, does talk about this. So um, the, Jill was hired on this movie. They had already shot (laughs) A ton of stuff. I mean, let's just talk about, it, cause this is crazy. Yeah. Um. And I think this is one of the reasons why Jill does not, it's not that she doesn't think highly or, or favorable to, of this experience, but she was thrown in. It's like starting school, like mm. uh, two weeks into it. Yeah. Um, yes. Cause they had shot, they had shot a lot of this movie. Um, the, the, yeah. The lead, uh, the lead was replaced. Jill was kind of thrown into it, and then had to do a lot of reshooting. But many of these these scenes, if you're really paying attention, she's not in them. Um, or like you know, they're just cutaways. Yeah, she's just told to react to what's happening here. She's not playing off of any actors, um, at all. And uh, that is a testament to uh, a really good actress, in in my opinion. But uh, Alan Ormsby, the effects guy, blah, 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 blah. Zach, you can just jump in.
1: Well, Alan, Alan worked a lot with uh, Bob Clark and yeah, on Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things. Alan Ormsby, I believe, directed Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things. Um, uh, or no, that was Bob Clark. Sorry. Death Dream. Um, uh, Bob Clark obviously did A Christmas Story, Black Christmas, and Porky's. But um, they, they had a relationship together and. Alan was brought on for, for this. Alan's still alive, by the way. Uh, and would love to talk to Alan Ormsby be about, that. um,
2: you know what you just did, right?
1: Oh, sorry. <clears throat>
2: it's what? the classic Zach. So-and-so is still alive, by the way, <laughs> where we marvel at someone still being alive for some reason and I'm breaking that streak. So we need to, well, I feel like if we acknowledge it, then we protect him. Yes. Um, but if we don't acknowledge it then he's then he's in trouble so um,
1: i think that alan orsby i well well i he dustin you'll protect him i'll just i mean what what is
2: it what is it when you say that is it like because they're so old
1: that they're still alive like
2: like, why do you go like still alive by the way like he's not like 195 years old
1: no he's not he's not
2: this this is a 1991 movie that was not that long ago
1: it's true it's true (laughs) It's a shame that he was uh, replaced in this. I would have liked to seen what and Jill touches on that just a little bit in our interview, too. I I just want to point out, too, that Jill was recently at a screening of Popcorn here in Los Angeles at the Los Feliz part of Cinematic Void. Uh, They put on great. um, Similar vibes to what Popcorn does in this movie, like horror marathons, horror thons. In fact, they're the best horror thon here in Los Angeles. That's better than Beverly Cinema in my opinion. Uh, who does another horror-a-thon, too? Horathons are like a kind of a mainstay here in LA. Um, so watching this movie now, it's it gets me like nostalgic vibes of like, hey, well, we do this now. We, we show these schlocky films that we love or or legit good movies that we love in a marathon form. Chris, did they do you have that in Minnesota like like, uh, like horror fests or something like that?
5: Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys know, like the movie theater chain Alamo Draft House. Yes, of course. Yeah. But they do stuff like that, and I think there's probably if I went into Minneapolis a lot more for that stuff, I know there's probably like a handful of like Minneapolis-specific theaters that also do that stuff. But outside of this city, I think yeah, the Alamo is like the only place that does anything like that.
1: That's cool. Yeah, so I, I wonder if popcorn, uh, these these festivals owe a little bit of a nod to popcorn because popcorn Mm -hmm. did not get a lot of attention in its inception when it came out. And then I don't feel like people were really talking about it up until maybe the past five, six, seven years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reality is nobody went to the theater on Valentine's day to watch this.
1: No, and, uh, and also uh, February is notorious for studios dumping off their worst
2: movies. Whatever crap you got, let's let's put it out.
1: I want to point out quickly that uh, Mal- Malcolm Denner is one of the actors in Popcorn. And I recognized him from as Moochie from Christine, which we talked mm-hmm. about on a Bully episode. Because uh, I'm like, why does that guy look familiar to me? Oh, wait, that's the guy in uh, Christine it's, who gets a pretty amazing kill by Christine. I like him.
2: Yeah, he's he's great. I think um, the the level of budget that these kids p- put on for this movie is just phenomenal. Um, the the Um Now, did you just buy that special for this as well, nope. or did you? I bought okay.
1: this when it came out. It's the okay. Synapse version special edition of Synapse popcorn. Synapse version.
2: Zach is holding up the Synapse version of um, <clears throat> special edition Blu-ray of popcorn. Um, which uh, you came can probably out buy that. 2017. All right. Awesome. Great, great stuff. So that this, this hearth on though, it's, it's, it's huge budget. I mean, they've, they've got, uh, not only right, the costumes, the aesthetic, they've got a cage, they've got like all these, like, you know, all the kids are dressed up as various characters and things like that from the movies. Uh, but then you also have this element of, um, you know, there are three, three movies that they show and the movies are the best part of this movie. I will yes. say they're super they're super super fun. Um you have three movies that um uh the first one is Mosquito and that has uh I want to just get this right. It is three dimensional projecto vision, right? 3D 3D glasses. And then you've got the Attack of the Amazing Electrified Man, which is shockoscope where they've actually set up a shock system under everyone's chairs. Now just think about the time uh, legality aside, right? Because you really can't shock people, it's probably not the best thing to do. Um, although I feel like Disney would do a little bit of that at Captain Captain EO.
1: <laughs> well, I feel like, yeah, uh what what uh, was it matinee that kind of paid homage to this as well? Joe Dante's matinee.
2: Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know, like this is not a professional, this is just like kids putting on a marathon, So the fact that they're, you know, going around like the just the, the amount of money that you would need to do this. Uh, and then the final movie is the stench and that's in an odorama where they release, they, they pipe, <laughs> they pipe the stench through the, through the, uh, through the vents.
1: And they were really doing this stuff in the fifties, by the way. Uh, you know, what's that F- Vincent price movie where they, they did that. I think they did put little shockers in the seats or they put them under, uh, you know, to, to get people, like have that 4d experience to you know?
2: to jump them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause shocking somebody is, uh, you know, potentially dangerous.
1: It could be, well, yeah, you could, uh, induce a heart attack with people, but this is the fifties yeah. when people were not necessarily thinking about that sort of thing.
2: You would need uh, a waiver at the very least. Uh, a pregnant woman comes and sits down. Well, they do that now they do what now?
1: Well, I mean, everything's litigious now, where you have to sign a waiver for every. Oh time.
2: yeah, but back in the
1: fifties, like, ah,
2: whatever. When a pregnant woman goes into a theater now, and you want to shock her, stick something under under her seat. Yeah, you gotta gotta have a waiver. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's right. It's just like understood, like that's where you're. That's what you're entering.
1: Well, people talk about how the the the, the moment that woman at the McDonald's uh, burned her thighs because she had a hot coffee. She put a coffee between her legs and, and McDonald's didn't warn her about the uh that how hot the coffee was, and she sued McDonald's and she got a bunch of money from them. Suddenly there were warning labels on everything. Yeah. For all the idiots I, out there who don't think about that stuff.
2: I mean, that's arguably the best episode of Seinfeld. Yes, um, they, I agree. That's <laughs> where they 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 address that directly with Kramer. They do. Um <laughs> Chris, you watch Seinfeld? No. Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, you're not you. You're missing something there,
5: <laughs>
1: or maybe you're not. I don't know. Depends on the audience. No, you are.
2: It's uh, yeah, it's arguably the best sitcom of all time. So maybe you should just do just watch one. And um, well, I've and seen
5: hear. I've seen episodes that like. Certain people that I'm a fan of guest starred in, like that, like the episode that focused on them, like the episode, the the EG Daily episode, the Smelly Cat episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, and the one that Tawny Cattain was in,
2: um, of course. Yeah, so there's a Smelly Cat episode of Cypher, it's
5: that's... a song, it's like EG Daily. From, well, no, like, I, think,
2: I think you're thinking of Friends, Friends,
5: yeah. Oh, that's Friends, no, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was Tawny, yeah.
2: Which
1: I'm more a fan of Seinfeld
5: than Friends,
2: but... Seinfeld is better than Friends. Yeah, I agree. Fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so?
1: Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
1: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics. And Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with
0: some fetch surprises. Rated PG13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
1: But would you say that so why why is it popcorn your number your favorite of uh, of all of Jill's movies, Dustin?
2: Oh, I mean, no, I just, I think it, it's not necessarily that this is even my favorite. I just feel like you cannot talk about Jill Shullin without talking about popcorn because yeah, for what it, you know, for what it is. And, um, it's, yeah, it's just like a movie that she's well known for. You guys went right to, uh, you know, to your, to your, to your musical sides. And I was like, well, somebody's got to talk about popcorn. Um, but you know, um, we could argue that uh, Cutting Class <laughs> is... We could is, argue that. We could argue a, that oh on my many... God. Oh, um, my well, God. Well, that might
1: be an honorable mention right at the tail end of this episode.
2: Cutting Class with Brad Pitt <laughs> um, is... Well, Cutting Class, Zach was like, don't watch Cutting Class. And I was like, he's like, it's real bad. And I was like, well, I, like, I gotta watch Cutting... Yep, there he owns it. I was like, I gotta watch Cutting Class because... I love I love bad movies. I love bad movies that are good movies, and it's a, a certain distinction where you know you're having fun because it's so bad, and you're like, "What true. is going on?" This is like, true. there's just things that are happening in that movie that are insane and like so funny. Um, they're not meant to be funny. Uh, Chris, did you catch that one?
5: Seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: What, what are your thoughts on Cutting Class, Chris?
5: I don't, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's not great. I don't think it's, I don't think it's like absolutely horrible, but like it's, yeah, it's not good.
1: Um, I mean, it's kind of absolutely horrible in my (laughs) opinion. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's, there's a lot going on there that it it just, it's, it boggles my mind that, you know, actually, Jill does a $2, six question segment with us that David Irons asked her specifically about cutting class.
4: It was just another ordinary, dull, and boring semester at Worley High. Attention, faculty and students, this is Mr. Dante, your principal. The classrooms were in disorder.
3: As of today, you're suspended.
4: Relationships were impossible.
3: Not until your grades improve.
4: And the teachers were insane. But this year was going to be different. What Someone was going to teach a lesson no one would forget, ever. What is this? Survival class? Please, everyone, stay calm. Kids are missing. A teacher's missing. We stay calm and we'll all be dead.
0: Help. Help! Do you understand English?
4: Was it a teenager in distress? or a murderer in disguise. What? Donovan Leach, Jill Sholin, Brad Pitt, Roddy McDowell, and Martin Mull. In this school, you don't die trying, you just die. Get out of the school! Help! Help! Cutting class. The school is closed.
1: But man, cutting class is brutal. Like it's, it is brutal. Cause I honestly, I went down a rabbit hole with Jill's movies when we, when we booked her for the show. Chris uh, was locked in to be on the show to talk about her career. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to go down the list, watch all her movies one by one and really have a, a, an unbiased opinion on what was my favorite performance of her specifically, not the movie itself. Yeah. I thought, you know what? I'm watching cutting class going, She's really good in it and she I I think she is one of the best parts of cutting class but man I'm like can I put this movie as my top movie to choose for this episode I cannot I
2: cannot it's uh it's rough dude I, I would watch it I would watch it again and I would pick up more things I think because yeah it's a disaster of a movie but it's 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 fun like I I was like laughing I was smiling the whole time it is a fun
1: movie to watch with a group i agree yeah and it's
2: and and uh and that's what i did and it was um it's fast it is very fast they're they're all quick
1: uh i I found yeah it's a it's a it's a all of her movies actually are pretty short uh all that all things considered but so uh but i think that popcorn is a movie that is actually really good better than i think it was supposed to be Thanks in part to Jill acting her butt off and Tom Villard being the tour de force that he is in popcorn. I think he shows so much dynamic range. And we talked a little bit about this with Jill and people will remember him from out uh, one crazy summer as being the goofy sidekick to Bobcat Goldthwait, but he's so much more in this and shows off a dynamic range where you're like, damn, why is this guy not doing more stuff? This is one of his last movies he ever did. so it is. great to go out with this performance i guess can't look back
3: nee, 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 <laughs> nee, nee, nee.
1: <laughs> are you guys ready for my number one ready mm-hmm. okay it's 1991 same year came out in may rich girl starring don <laughs> michael paul and of course jill Scholin
4: he's hot he's dangerous he's wild come on courtney not exactly what your daddy has in mind. Hold on. He was everything she wanted. let me. What? what?
0: like this. You're crazy!
4: And the last thing she needed.
0: How do you write on those songs?
4: Get turned on by something. That new waitress is definitely off limits. You seem to fit the
0: jackpot. What are you
4: talking about?
0: Your little girlfriend is Marvin Wells' daughter. You lied to me. Why? I didn't lie to you. What comes next, Courtney? You gonna go hooking on Hollywood Boulevard? You think you're so rich you can just buy anyone, huh? Well, I'm not for sale.
4: He's even got a police record. What am I, some toy for you to play with? Look, she's ruining her life. He set up your boyfriend. You're making a mistake, kid. You set me up, you son. <laughs> Don Michael Paul. Jill Schoen. His music brought them together. Now nothing can keep them apart. Rich Girl. written R.
1: If you have listened to previous episodes of our show, if you listen to the Sean Kanan interview, we talked about Rich Girl with Sean Canaan, who's also in this movie. Uh, Paul Gleason is in this movie. Paul Gleason, of course, from Breakfast Club, Die Hard, blah 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 blah. He kind of plays his typical jerk role. Here's the thing about this movie. This is why I like it, and then we can talk about stuff. Uh, Jill Sholin plays a young girl who doesn't want to follow the path that her uh, father, who has remarried after his their mother has passed away.
2: Well, she's a rich girl. You should say she, that. She's, she's the a rich girl. T- titular rich girl
1: who doesn't want to kind of be known as the rich girl. And she wants to get a real job and she wants to have a real life. And she gets a job at a bar CD bar where Don Michael Paul, who plays Rick is the leader of this rock band and he, and they fall in love, but it's a complicated love because he's a complicated rock star dude. And she's trying to forge a new life for herself and not be known as that rich girl. In many ways, it feels like this could be an episode of 90210 or uh, In the Heights or Melrose Place. It has that kind of vibe to it. But what highlights it for me is the soundtrack to this movie, because it's 91. Grunge was coming out. Glam rock was going away. Bands like Winger, people weren't really into anymore. But the music kind of reminds me of that style, like that glam. Yep. 80s rock vibe, which I really dig. The lead singer uh for many of the songs he was the replacement in iron maiden when um their their lead singer left the lead singer is jeff scott soto he took over his character the, the movie rockstar with mark Wahlberg is loosely based on his run in uh in a metal band and so the music highlights this movie for me uh, Jill's performance highlights it because she sings in this film, albeit for a brief moment. And Don Michael Paul, whether, you know, if you listen to our interview with
2: Nestor Serrano.
1: Yeah, if you listen to Nestor Serrano's interview, he has a funny take on Don Michael Paul. But I love Don Michael Paul. And just the music, the, the look of this film, because it's 91, but it still feels like an 80s movie. Uh, Sean Kanan having a little brief moment in this film as the, what, like the boyfriend to Joel Cholin's character. That's another highlight.
2: Fiance, fiance, very important. Fiance. It's got Willie Dixon, like
1: legit, uh, legendary blues performer in the film as well. There's a moment where there's a nod to the Cobra Kai in this movie. Those are just a few of the highlights that make me love this film so much. And then there's a connection with the soundtrack. Uh, the opening song to this movie is called "Not Just Another Girl."
0: Place was jammed, the music loud. can see your face standing out in the crowd. was her standing there I said the crowd got up the band was playing in my mind I could hear her say I love you she could have been from anywhere she could have had most anyone I bet the girl seemed another world. Another
1: girl. And as I'm hearing it, I'm like, why does it sound familiar to me? Oh, because it's originally by Ivan Neville, who uh, did another great song in the movie Skin Deep called Falling Out of Love, which Dustin and I both love. And that song, the original song, Not Just Another Girl, was in the 1988 movie, My Stepmother is an Alien, with uh, Kim Basinger and Dan Aykroyd. Mm. this version is has a different vocalist it's not as good but it like has the same vibe the same feels to it and like oh i love this song this is so great i gotta put out my mix uh, work out to it um and that's kind of the some of the reasons why i love this movie but i want to toss it over to you guys to discuss and then we'll go deeper in it
5: chris one thing um I think is really cool about it is that it was the first movie um i know at least one of you guys would know who lex lang is the voice actor yeah it was um rush girl was his very first it's like how he got into sag was playing one of the band members oh cool yeah um i interviewed him like i think a year ago and he's known for being he's he does a lot of stuff like celebrity voice matching but he's like a huge uh huge anime Person like he has a ton of credits and he's been doing that for like twenty five years. Um, I I did I I did bring it up. Uh, I did bring up the movie when I talked to him and he that was like his first professional thing that he ever did. Was he proud of it? Yeah, he said it was like everybody that was on the cast was like super nice and they treated everybody really well.
2: It's got to be cool to have like that kind of be your. You know, that's probably a nice, easy, easy foray into the, into the world of major motion pictures. <laughs> um I, I'm trying to be, I'm going to try and be positive um about <laughs> Here we this. I, Here we go. I hate this movie, guys. I hate wow. it. I hate it so much. It's I'm so, going to
1: try and be positive. I hate this movie. I
2: can't. I can't. It's. It's what? so, it's so boring. It's, what? it's, 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 it's a concert. <laughs> it, the whole movie is just, you just go from song to song yep. to concert to full song interspliced with the corniest dialogue you've ever heard to other song to like, we don't need to see, like, I was like, will they stop playing the full fucking song it, and, and actually have some story? Like it was just, like is this a 6 minute song yeah we're going to play it in its entirety and they don't even use it correctly as a montage and then sometimes they do like oh okay it's a montage we're going to but then they come back and then they just you get like the last 3 minutes of the full song um i i i just don't the, the, i could not wait for this to end <laughs> um and i you know uh cuz it has come up uh, this movie has come up uh, many times, I feel like in the course of uh, of, of $2 late fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I have, you know, I have watched, uh, I have dabbled. I sat down, I was like, okay, I'll watch the full thing. Um, you know, I was watching it with uh, with my wife, Erin. She was like, this is like a band you'd see at Big Bear. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's totally true. Like up in the mountain community. Um, off, rock, off, it it's, it's off key. It's sweaty. It's... Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I just, I, I, you know, my favorite character is the cook. I'll say that. She's great. Gail Neely.
1: Her two scenes are great.
2: Yeah. I mean, or, you know, or she really helps establish, you know, like you first see her, she's like placing bets while she's cooking, yep. you know, burgers, she's plating burgers and she's like placing, you know, um, but she's, you know, the, the, the nice thing is so, um, Jill Sholin works at this, you know, at the bar, as you said, and that's where she meets Don Michael Paul. But it's kind of this whole thing of like Don Michael Paul has this reputation, right? He's gonna he sleeps with all the waitresses. Yeah. Um, and like they're just conquests for him. And you know, you better watch out. And you know, like and and his bandmate, he was clearly wronged her because they were a couple and you know, played by Bean. Sherry
1: Curie, uh from uh right. Uh, yeah go ahead chris
5: yeah i think it, I, thought, I thought it was pretty random that she was in this movie too um if you guys don't anyone like listening or watching doesn't know uh sheree curry was the lead singer in one of the first all-girl female rock bands in the 70s called the runaways um that's how like joan jett and lita ford got their start too yeah and then um sheree had a solo career in the early 80s that didn't really take off and then she switched to acting and she did a little bit, most notably in the Jodie Foster and Scott Bayo movie Foxes. <laughs> <laughs> and, Talked uh, about
1: that movie with Robert Romanus, actually. Yep. Most
5: oh, okay. notably
2: <laughs> it's always funny to be like most notably with Scott Bayo. Like, like <laughs> just that, just that as a phrase is funny. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so Don Michael Paul is, is his, Rick, he plays a character named yep, Rick. Rick, you know, Rick is, he's just, he's just not great as far as, uh, how he treats maybe the women in his life. And he's just like, Hey man, like I'll just, you know, he pulls Jill up on stage and, uh, while she's working, I, there's just, there's a lot of this, like, while you're working kind of a thing and, uh, makes some moves on her. Then everyone's mad at her. And she's like, why are you mad at me? Like he pulled me up on stage. Like you should be mad at him um but nobody's ever really mad at, at Rick cuz Rick's like the golden boy you know he's uh yeah he's he can do no wrong
1: no he can do no he's, wrong he's a rock star
2: and he's a rock star and this band you know this movie has similarities to Thunder Alley where it's you know it's a band that's trying to get their break and in this case it's leading up to the they're not going on tour but it's the showcase uh that's being held at Rocco's place you know, it it all kind of rests on this on this showcase and them succeeding at the showcase, and all this stuff. But uh, I, I mean, by the time this, I was like, finally, we're getting to like some story. Um, because it, yeah, it's like if you just want to watch like a concert of like a, a bar band do a concert, you can just go to a bar and see that in person. Um, you don't need to watch Rich Girl for that. So, um. You know, so this is a little brutal, and I apologize. Um, but it's hard for me to be like, you know, what's what's fun about it because I didn't really care about anybody. Also, because like she's sort of established, like, you know, she drives her car into a cop's like motorcycle. The first scene, she just like knocks it over. <laughs> he's he's gonna give her a ticket, and she just like backs her car into a motorcycle. I'm like, okay, like, like it's one thing to be like, I, I. I, I don't want to be get by on my father's you know reputation on my father's money, but you're also like not cool. And then there's the fact that yeah. like, you know, how does she have money for anything? Cause it's been very clear. Like she's been cut off at the very beginning yet. She's buying the apartment. She's furnishing the apartment. Like, where's this money coming from? She can't access the trust fund. We know that she never gets access to the trust fund, but no. that doesn't seem to matter. Cause she has money. So, I, you know, I don't know. I apologize. I'm going to back out slowly. I'm just going <laughs> to. Well, I'm, I'm going to
1: I'm not going to push back. But what I'm going to say is one of the reasons I love this film is it, it it's not whether it's good or not. It's the feeling it gave me watching it. And it transported me back to 1991 in 91 when I was like super self-conscious and like kind of keeping everything my interests secret to everyone because I didn't want them to get shit on or made fun of. <laughs> So 91 especially was like a super awkward year for me because I just, I, I like everything was kind of a lie when it came to liking or disliking things because I just said what everybody in high school said was cool and everybody said was not cool. I just didn't sit, talk about it, right? So I go back to watching this now, I'm like, oh, this is a movie I would have loved in 91, clearly. And now I can openly say I love this movie, whether it's good or not, because the music gets me all excited and brings all the vibes back. It's got uh, the lead actor who I thought was super cool back then and kind of idealized back then. Um, it's it, it's flawed for sure. And it's, it's not, you know, quote unquote good. Uh, but what it, leaves me with a lasting impression it leaves me like would i watch this movie again i would at least watch the parts where the songs are even if they're not that great because uh because it just feels fun for me it's it's Mm -hmm. one of that one of those kind of
2: movies so this is interesting so you're saying that this is it it brings up nostalgic feelings but you did not see this in 91 it brings up nostalgic feelings so your first time seeing this was was when
1: This, my first time seeing this movie, actually, I watched this movie a couple years ago when I was doing birthday collages on $2 Late Feet's Instagram page.
2: Oh. (laughs) So, so this movie has achieved creating a feeling for you based on something that you didn't experience in real time. Like, yes, this is like, I'm looking back on 91 in 2018 Yes, or whatever, 2020, let's say. Yeah um Probably, so, yeah, so that's that's pretty remarkable yeah um because we've certainly had movies where it's like oh i remember watching this during that time and it takes me back to how old i was at that time you're saying it takes you back to how old you were without having seen it in 1991 so which yeah. is powerful it is
1: powerful and so i'll tag on one more thing I specifically remember going to the video store and seeing this movie on the shelves, but not grabbing it because I was afraid of what people would think of me if I did.
2: Oh. Oh, that's interesting.
1: Which now, now, in my age, (laughs) and as a parent who's trying to, uh, you know, give advice to my son about being unique, being whoever you want, be true to yourself if I could tell my former self that back then be like, who gives a shit? If you like it, you like it. You know, I think one of the reasons I think you are awesome, Chris, is because you are so like unique for who you are and you, you clearly know what your interests are and you put it out there to the world. And I think that's really cool for a young person. I think more people should do that. I think you should just, if you like something, you like it. If other people don't, that's fine. Like like and then Dustin saying this movie's not good has like no effect on me whatsoever. I I see his perspective. I totally get it. It's more just yeah. like you you're totally entitled to that we're all entitled to our perspective, and you shouldn't have to keep things like shadowed because you're afraid of how people might judge you.
2: Right, yeah. and I'm not, and I and I agree with that, Chris. You know, authenticity is uh, is exceptional in this day and age, but I also think that my intention is not to shit on something, you know, no. like, Zach, you're stupid. This movie's dumb. Um, even though that's what I feel, but I <laughs> no, no, uh, <laughs> no, because this is a movie that, um, you know, I know, like, I know how you feel about Don Michael Paul. Um, so even if the songs, you know, like I, I so I, I think it's already, that's going to be, that's going to be a win regardless. Like he could have been yeah. singing the theme song to like Facts of Life or something. You'd be like, this is awesome. <laughs> well, um, or pretending
1: to, cause he really doesn't sing in this guys. They're like, Oh, Don Michael Paul sang all his parts. No, he didn't.
2: But the amount of coverage that they did on this, like, you know, like just so many close-ups and like oh, wides and thing, I agree. Like, they we're just shooting like, like how many shooting days was this of just the, like, this should have bar. been a
1: 70 minute movie. This should have been a 70 minute movie.
2: What was it? Like 90 something. Yeah. 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 It's it I when it was over I'm like this is the longest shortest movie I've ever watched. <laughs> because you know it's just like don't please don't sing another song. Like please don't sing. Oh, but you know what is interesting is that there is um there is an appearance of um uh is it uh Darling Cruel? Yeah, Darling Cruel, which is um an actual successful um band during that time. Um in the 90s, so- yeah. So they, yeah, so, so Aaron knew every, every lyric to this one song. And I was like, how do you even know this? And she was like, oh yeah, cause this, this played all the time, but she wasn't sure why she knew all, all the words. They're um, in
1: the the battle of the bands kind of at the end, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. the showcase when it finally comes and I was like, please God be the showcase.
1: That's around the time when you get to see Rocco's sick dance moves. Rocco is the the, the owner of the bar. Do you prefer Rocco's dance moves over Leaf Garrett's dance moves, Chris?
5: I guess, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man! And then, well, let me ask you, Dustin. Uh, have you heard the the "Not Just Another Girl" version of, by Ivan Neville?
5: No
2: no i know that he i know that he wrote it and
1: uh do you like ivan neville
2: i like the neville brothers i like them Nevilles.
1: ivan neville's very much pop uh, more pop oriented than his
2: siblings i like uh i can't think of any of the names of his songs but yeah i, I falling do out like of love
1: stuff. you like falling out falling, falling out, out, of, out, of, out love. of love
2: yeah i do like that song
3: a little boy who wants to have his way. I just can't keep still and I'm out of love. Falling out of love.
2: I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I think <laughs> I, I leave my case as to why I like it. And yeah, I, and, it, and, that, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, we—the th- purpose of the show is to celebrate these things and not uh, to make you feel the awkward part <laughs> of uh, of not wanting to pick the movie out off the shelf. Um, no,
1: I think that's a beautiful thing, though, and and I think we kind of touched on it with Jill a little bit about Rich Girl because. Uh, you know, Sean Kanan, even Sean Kanan's like, Oh God, you guys remember that movie? Yeah. Like he, he openly knows, you know, whether it's, it's, it's not a good movie per se. um, uh, But you know, for all, all the reasons you listed, but if it nostalgically uh, sparks joy in you, then that's all that matters.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't seem like, yeah, that it sparked joy necessarily in Sean, but it did not. But, you know, he
1: appreciated that we brought it up.
2: But think about his character, too. It's like he's the fiance, like nothing. It's very confusing because nothing really happened. Like, why are they engaged? It makes no sense. Right. Because, yeah, she never catches him cheating. And uh, spoiler and um,
1: he probably smelled like coconut oil after he uh, cheated on her because uh, he kicks his girl in the first five minutes of this movie, he kicks his uh, the girl he's cheating on. Jill's character, with out of their apartment, and then she comes over, and she, she right. probably smelled like coconut oil, at least. Right.
2: But like, uh, let's just, you know, like, wh- like we just need this character around for some added conflict. But the fact yeah. is, is like, he's never around. When he is around, he's cheating on her. You know, he shows up. They haven't had a simple. It's just like have a simple conversation like we're not supposed to be engaged. And then he's like, well, I just got into town. Can I stay on your couch? And she's just like, or can I, you know, let's go to bed. And she's like, well, you're going to stay on the couch. Um, wh- Why are we not saying what's, what's going on here? Like you've just been dating a rock star for however long uh, it feels very long. I think it's only like a week or something that she's been working at this bar. I
1: believe so. Yeah. But
2: they do a lot of montage. It just, it feels like months and months and months. Um, well, yeah
1: and I'll also I'll also say too uh, th- yeah that uh, again I agree with everything you're saying uh Thunder alley I would put above rich girl as far as my 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 loves of the like number n- order number but um but Chris chose uh Thunder alley so I'm like I'll go with Rich girl because that's my next favorite
2: so you're, yeah you see so you're saying that Thunder Alley you like you like better
1: oh I would put Thunder Alley rich girl and then uh popcorn
2: Got it. So, Chris, you win. Mm-hmm.
1: Chris wins in the game of life.
2: <laughs> yes. All right. Well, good, good show, guys. We did it. <laughs> you know,
1: so, so you'll hear Jill's thoughts on all three of these movies, actually, because we, we touch on all of these. We talk heavily about that was then, this is now. Um, I think the only reason I did not put that in this is because she does not have like a lead role. I, I feel like her role in Thunder Alley is bigger meant to be bigger than the one in that that was then this is now, but, but she shares a lot of fun insights on that movie too. Chris, final thoughts, your overall feelings about Jill Sholin. Uh, what are they?
5: She was super incredibly lovely when, when I met her and when, um, her and my mom talked a lot too, when we were at the con and it, it felt like they were, you know, friends that they had known each other for a long time, just because that's the kind of person Jill is. and uh, I um, think I mentioned it one of the last times we were on, but I have the original VHS release of hot moves that she signed. Um, Amazing.
1: You do. So. We did talk about that.
5: Yeah. I'll always keep that.
1: What was her response when you gave her that tape?
5: Uh, it's not one. It's not one that people really ever bring her either. So she was surprised. That's awesome.
2: It <laughs> that is awesome. And I think we're going to, I think we're on the cusp of a Jill Sholin resurgence you know i think uh she's going to come back in a big way she was talking about that she doesn't get invited as much to to cons i think that's post pandemic though yeah cause I, yeah cuz i think uh i think there. yeah we're like we we can help you get uh, get uh, invited
1: you know she kind of teases some stuff she's working on right now she retired for over 22 years uh in the business this is one of her last movies that she did rich girl but Gosh, it was great to have her on the show and that we'll save all that for later. Dustin, what are your final thoughts on Jill Sholin's career up to this point?
2: Oh, well, I yeah, I mean I think I sort of gave him in that, you know, she's going to come back. Um, you know, she was one of these actresses that you really saw her everywhere and it's it's easy to say that in retrospect because she is a part of all these cult movies. So it's like, we look back now and we go, Oh, boom, 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 boom. But it wasn't like that when she was going through it. And I think too, um, you know, something she talks about is kind of like, you know, her, how her family, uh, wasn't, it wasn't that they weren't supportive, but it was just more like, Oh, that's just something Jill's doing. So I think when Jill was in, in it, and when you're in something, you can't always, you know, see the forest for the trees. It's just kind of like, you're just, Right. You're just, you're just living, you're just living. And then only then can you look back and be like, wow, I was like the lead in this movie. I was leading. I mean, it, it's unprecedented really. Like she was the lead in a ton of these, a ton of these movies that maybe weren't as successful uh, as they could have been at the time, but now they have a resurgence. Uh, now yeah. they have, they have, they have more eyes on them. Um, you know, like rich girl, Zach, had you watched rich girl when it came out, maybe it would have, it would have been a number one movie. See, um, just from you in the theater, you know, alone, going every week, just being like you, and and inviting dates to a concert. You're like, you guys want to go to a concert? And they're like, oh, this is a movie called Rich Girl. Yeah, it's it's like a concert. <laughs>
1: if I had not been self conscious guy, then I would have seen Rich Girl. So, <laughs> self conscious guy would be a great title for a movie.
2: Self conscious guy, yeah, because it could have been like. You know, it's funny because you when you look at it now, you could have been like, well, I am a student of film. And then you could have just like got rich girl, you know, with some action movies and then like, uh, you know, some Scorsese. And, uh, you know, just it's it's like 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 your version of like hiding the porn in the other.
1: (laughs) It it was my version. I had a crawl space under in my closet that I would stick posters and (laughs) tapes and such in when my buddies would come over it's not a joke oh wow so like you
2: would you would have to redo your room when buddies would come over like a false wall you had to you had to spin the the wall would just sh- yeah like, like dudley golly.
1: moore in foul play when he's got his uh <laughs> he got his what 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 do they call those beds those uh the murphy
2: bed murphy bed yeah
1: but i had yeah. a crawl space and what was i stashing in there porn no it was uh, like your,
2: your joey lawrence poster and michael your...
1: bolton cds and uh <laughs> <laughs> and a johnny depp 21 jump street poster and uh yeah
2: rick springfield posters and your mom was like your room looks so different now would you put up different posters would you put up like yes like like would you have a, an actual switch out
1: no yeah i had heaven as a playground poster i'd put up uh it was a basketball movie that i've talked about before right right no one's seen with db sweeney have you seen heaven as a playground chris
5: I don't know
1: what that is. It's a basketball movie with D.B. Sweeney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
5: Uh, Chris, this
1: has been awesome having you on our show and you're our buddy, man. So, you know, let's let's do this less or more often than not um, having you back on. Uh, Thank you for bringing this topic to the show as well. It's been great. If It wasn't for you. This wouldn't have happened.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we would we would have covered uh, probably Remo Williams again or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 or
0: are
2: just going to add, add a movies to cover for this month. We're like,
5: uh, yeah. Did you guys um? did you talk to her about anything? that? Because one thing I always like whenever I've interviewed like big on camera people from back then, I always like asking if they had the opportunity to like audition for anything that was really big.
1: I think what, you know, she touched upon, she kind of touches upon that briefly. She I think it. she did. I think she yeah. did
2: because there it, there was this kind of overall theme of like, like kind of what I was saying about looking back now and feeling that gratitude, but like when it was happening, she's like, oh, this isn't like as big as the other thing that I wanted, yeah. you know? Um, and I think too, like when she was cast in DC Cab, which is, you know, Joel Schumacher, uh, you know, there was a sense of like, okay, like now I'm going to get offered these, these big roles. And yeah. So there was a little bit of that, but she didn't specifically say like, Oh, I, I don't think like, I wish I had auditioned for gotten the role in this movie. I don't think.
1: Well, I, and I, I think the reason she didn't Dustin is because, and uh, would you agree she, this is a very emotional interview for her. Like she gets very emotional throughout this interview, reflecting on her career, which she openly says she hasn't really done all that often um, so it's interesting. like you want to go down those roads with you you kind of as you as you very well know, and you do it so well on your YouTube page and everybody again should go check it out. um you 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 kind of navigate depending on the emotion of the guest. and yeah. if the guest is feeling it, you want to go that way if they're not, okay, well, then we'll pivot and go someplace else. Um, what she reveals is some juicy stuff. You know, and and her recollections of many of the movies that she talks about are are, are fond. Um, so, it's it's fun. It's a fun interview. Went way longer than we expected too, which is all good. Which is it's like yeah. it's, it's all good stuff. So, go to our Patreon for more info about all the fun segments we have on there. Tales from the Video Store, um, our our monthly trivia that you guys can check out that you can be a part of. Uh, our mixed CD that many of you signed up and now have. Chris, thanks for being on the show. Too many more.
5: Great to have you.
1: Anything else you want to plug before we wrap up?
5: Uh, Just, I guess I can just talk about the most recent stuff I've done on my content. Um, I had another, like, personal wishlist voice actor, um, Cindy Robinson, who uh, is probably best known for being um, the voice of Amy and all of the Sonic the Hedgehog stuff, but she's... uh, She's a uh, five characters in Fire Emblem and a uh, bunch of other anime, and she does she does like looping like voice matching celebrities for major film and TV too. Um, that was just two weeks ago, and then most recent person I did is a woman named Julia Gu, who is my age, and she's just another. Uh, she's she plays the latest release character in Genshin Impact, um, and yeah, I'm three more away from 300, so I'm sure I'll be. Getting that and surpassing that pretty soon
2: very cool very cool
5: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's awesome do you do you
2: play genshin impact
5: no i just watch the storyline and stuff okay got it i was actually gonna ask you to uh i wanted to do it like virtually when you did record that um that ask her exercise april fool's day stuff did you like come back for that or was that done like a long time ago
2: uh no that was done special
5: yeah, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> that was that
2: was a special thing and they showed it to me and I was like they were like, All right, so you cool? I'm like, what I don't even what am I looking at? What is this? And they were like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I went in and there was like no director, it was just like the Nintendo people, you know, who are just like Oh they're okay. awesome, but they were like just like we don't we don't we, we forgot we need to explain things. I'm like <laughs> Yeah <laughs> So like it's April Fools, it's our April Fools thing. Oh great. Got mm-hmm. it. yeah. Yeah, it was fun.
1: I smell a repeat uh, appearance on Chris's show, Dustin. So
2: Right. Well I gotta I gotta uh yeah, get some more uh fun stuff coming out. <laughs> coming out coming out. <laughs> gotta catch them all. No. So um <laughs> Well the thing the thing about Chris is like you, you can't look for Chris. Chris finds you. Right. So yes. like when you're least expecting it. <laughs> So like you could, you could be in something, you know, like we recorded three years ago and then Chris will be like, Hey, that thing came out. you going to want to talk about this. And like, what?
1: That thing came out. Yeah. We might have to get Chris on. And yeah. if we do a repeat with uh, Jill, a well, part two, we might have to have Chris come on as well.
2: Oh yeah. 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 We should definitely yeah. oh, do For that. sure.
1: For sure. Thank you everybody for this trip down Jill Sholin lane, this tribute to Jill Sholin's career thus far. And you'll hear what she's been up to, what she's going to be doing in the future, potentially, and uh, more to come.
2: Great work. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Chris.
5: Yeah. the place was
3: sharing music live. I could see her face standing on the ground. She went down me. Feeling good, I didn't care. All I could see was her standing there. mind, I could hear her say, I love you, she could have been for me.
0: Listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s.
2: All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it a
1: five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really...